Today we, uh, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, which is the end of Kingdom Tide. Um, it is, uh, spells the beginning of getting ready for the Advent Christmas season. Next Sunday we'll celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I wanted to remind everyone this morning that this coming Tuesday at 7 o'clock, there will be a community worship, Thanksgiving worship service at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church. And it is sponsored by all the uh, mainline congregations here in New Brunswick. Uh, and we are participating in the service. I have a part in it, uh, as well as uh, First Reformed as, 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 uh, as well. So um, I want to remind you to check your bulletins for, um, for uh, announcements. There is one. If you are interested in the Christmas carol service that we go to at the Basilica in Newark, um, we're going to do that on Thursday this year instead of Wednesday uh, so that we can have our normal consistory meeting on Wednesday. So it's December 13, and we'll leave the parking lot about 6.45. Uh, the doors open at 7, so by the time we get there, it will be, it'll be crowded. I don't know if any of you, I don't know that any of you here present have gone with me in the past, but it's a lovely service. Oh, Tom, it's a lovely service, and on... Uh, on Thursday evenings, a large portion of the, the cathedral is set apart for handicapped folks. And they bring folks from the um, adult, uh, uh, what do they call it, acute care centers around the area. Uh, it's, it's kind of a neat, uh, a neat worship atmosphere. So as we prepare today for worship, let us pray. Almighty God, you pour out the spirit of grace and supplication on all who desire it. Deliver us from cold hearts and wandering thoughts, that with steady minds and burning zeal, we may worship you in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today, as we come to worship, our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Peace be with you, my peace I give to you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us stand and share a sign of peace with each other. We are called to worship with these words of Psalm 93. The Lord is king, robed in majesty. God has established the world. It shall not be moved. Even the floods lift up their voices in praise. More majestic than the thunder of the mighty waters. More majestic than the waves of the sea is the Lord on high. Come, let us worship the Lord.
We are the captains of our souls, are we not? We act at least as if we are. We live as though we are. We even dream as if we are. To whom we belong makes a difference as to who we are. For this reason, we pray. Together saying, O Lord, your kingdom is not of this world. We confess that we are too comfortable in the kingdom of this world. Convenience, ease, and fear keep us from standing for your justice, your peace, and your people. Too often, our lives do not reflect your rule in our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. Call to us again. Renew our purpose so that we may believe your truth and listen to your voice. Help us to claim your kingdom with our voices, our hearts, and our lives. Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. Therefore, in Christ, we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so, let us live.
As we come to the word of God, lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. First lesson. The word of the Lord is taken from Daniel, the seventh chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. The prophet Daniel sees the Ancient of Days. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from its presence. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending to him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. As I watched the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson this morning comes to us from the Revelation of St. John, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. This passage speaks of John's revelation of the glorious Alpha and Omega. Hear now the word of God. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. Christ is king, but that is not something that we automatically understand as Americans. Actually, as moderns or postmoderns. When you think of a king or a monarch of any kind, who is the first person that pops into your mind? Hmm? King George. There you go. Good old King George. Who else? Elizabeth, yes. Dearly beloved Queen Elizabeth. There are no kings or queens today who wield the same kind of power that kings wielded before 
modern, the modern age. There was a time when a king held in his hands the power of life and death over every citizen of his realm. The only inalienable right of a citizen living under a monarch was loyalty to the king at all costs. In Roman times, that was just as much the case as it was during the medieval and all the way up to the 19th century. Rome ruled. And there was only one emperor. There was only one king, and that ruler and emperor and king was also a god. In the early church, when we read that the Christians decided who was a true believer and who was not, with one simple statement, Jesus is Lord, you had in play the question of who has power over my life, who controls my life, to whom do I owe my life. All you need to do to have a feeling of what that may have been like for an early Christian is to be as an American citizen and question loyalty to the government of our country in any public context. If I were to say to you, as many pastors do, that you cannot display an American flag in the sanctuary, if I were to say to you that you cannot hold a civil service of worship in the sanctuary, you begin to connect with the kind of anxiety that early Christians felt. Because for them, there was nothing but civil religion. For them, it was the emperor, the king, and our God, all wrapped up in one. For Christians, it became a question of who is really Lord. And when a Christian said Jesus is Lord, it was in fact an act of treason. The discomfort that that caused the early Christians is why Jesus as King, Jesus as Lord, is such a significant theme in the early church and has been throughout the ages. Now, what does it mean for Jesus to be king outside of or beyond that significance? In his book, The Canadians, Andrew Malcolm writes about Cecile Beckard. She is, and he, I quote, a Canadian who visits the United States several dozen times a day when she goes to the refrigerator or to the back door of her house or to make tea, for instance. To read and sleep, she stays in Canada. And she eats there, too, as she at the the north end of her kitchen table 
sits down to meal. Mrs. Beckard's home is in Quebec and Maine at the same time. This is because her house was already built at that spot in 1842 when the diplomats sat down in London to create the official boundary between Quebec and Maine. (laughs) A citizen of one country who spends most of her time in another country, while all the while staying in the same place. Now that somehow feels a little familiar, doesn't it? We as Christians are also citizens of two worlds, of two kingdoms. We are citizens of this world, and yet the scripture says we belong to another kingdom. And most of our life is lived in the urgency of this world. Sleeping, working, playing. Most of our thinking is governed by the culture in which we live, And actually, our opinions about most things are shaped by the citizens and the participants in the secular world around us. To be a person of faith, the Bible says, is to be aware of another reality. To be conscious of another world. We cannot and should not permanently retreat from the world in which we live, obviously. But we are mindful. We are called, at least, to be mindful of the fact that as followers of Christ, we live by a different culture, by different values, by values that are kingdom values, by values that are governed by the eternal God in Christ. Those values may call into question and judge the values of our culture, how we understand what is right and wrong, what is good and bad, what is well-meaning and evil. It is important for us to recognize that our faith in Christ is an ultimate commitment. We are called of God to struggle with the world that we see all around us. We are called to be active participants in making this world God's kingdom, which means, in essence, a better place than it is. We are called to plunge into the world as we know it, to dive into the messiness of this world, and then we are called to bring it up from its bootstraps, if you will, to make it what it is supposed to be. We live in two worlds at the same time. There is no doubt about that. The trick is not to become so enamored by the one that we lose sight of the other. With Christ the King as our guide, we are called to see the hand of God moving in our midst, holding us up with divine love, 
pointing and gently nudging us in the right direction when we lose our way and holding us back from danger and harm. Filling the ordinary with mystery and the mysterious with meaning. Like Daniel, like St. John the Divine, even Jesus himself, we will be always able to hold on to faith in the already but not yet world of which Christ is the one and only King. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like something we can live with, perhaps. But when the rubber meets the road, this is tough work. Because it means that at some given point in the week ahead, you may have to make a deliberate choice between doing what God wants and doing what you would like to do. And when that struggle occurs, hopefully these words will come back to your mind and consciousness. You see, kingdom living is not something that just happens to us when we're together as the church in sanctuary of worship. It is something that calls us in every dimension of our lives to ask, not what would Jesus do, perhaps, But what would God do? What would God do? And that decision, that value, is the value that guides and directs our lives. Many times we have in the worship service the Ten Commandments. And in the day and age when we talk about values so very much, I'd like you sometimes to take the Ten Commandments and translate them from the negatives that they are, thou shalt not, to the positives. And you can do that by simply saying, God values what? Pick a Ten Commandment, a thou shalt not commandment, any one. Thou shalt not kill. Translate it into a positive. God values life. That involves all that there is to life. Dignity, purpose, significance. Take any of the thou shalt nots and translate them into a positive and you will have a value that then becomes a value for us in making the choices that we make on a daily basis. And those values are eternal values. Those are values that never change, that are never gauged by circumstances or culture or government or history. That is why the Ten Commandments always and will always have always been part of our understanding of obedience to the will of God because they express the values of who God is and what God is up to in the world. So, today and in the days ahead, let us be reminded 
that we live in two worlds. The values that God calls us to are values that we likewise are called to live by. And no, you will not always consistently be able to do that. And that, you see, is why this same king is also our redeemer. It is also the one who forgives us of our sins by the shedding of his own blood. A king gives up his life for his realm. That has been done as well. And that is what enables us to move on even through the failures of our choices when they are bad. It is the glorious position that is ours as men and women who have been forgiven, who have been indwelt by God and called to be God's people in a world that is broken. Let it be so, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your kingship, for your call upon our hearts and lives to live in both worlds and to live in such a way that your values are our values. Give us the grace not only to understand, not only to be able to obey those values, but to be loyal to them and to make them our own. Not necessarily something outside of us, but in fact, our very nature. For we ask all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who loves us and gave himself for us. Amen.
or the confession of faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together let us confess, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to offer thanks and praise. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, several announcements. Um, I spoke earlier in the service about the Thanksgiving service this Tuesday at 7.30 at uh, the Roman, Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church here in New Brunswick. I uh, want to make you mindful of it. Um, please... Take note of the, um, of the flowers in the sanctuary this morning on the communion table uh, given in memory of the birthday of El, uh, Ellie Holtz's mother, Felicia uh, Denarski. Uh, mark your calendars is a very important one at this time of year. Um, the, of course, the 21st is a major delivery, and this is one of the things I need to share with you. This Wednesday, we're getting our major shipment of food. Okay, I have Curly on a cruise, so I have no truck, I have no given crew for this Wednesday morning, okay? It's Nancy, me, and us at this point. <laughs> and we have to go out and rent a truck, 
take it to the McFoods warehouse, pick up the stuff, and bring it back. So if anyone's free around 10.30 on Wednesday morning, please come and join us and help. If the more we have, the fewer, fewer minutes it takes to unload. It's not a very large uh, shipment this time, uh, but it, it will take uh, less time if we have more people. Uh, I will put out feelers to the guys at Alpha Th uh, Theta um, um, Chi, uh, and as well as so put out a feeler to Maurice's uh, guys as well. But I wanted to share that we don't have Curly uh, this week, and um, that will be a major event. And we'll have lots of people showing up on Wednesday night to get their pre-Thanksgiving uh, foods. On December 1st, uh, is the greening of the church. If you're interested in helping out with that, uh, please see Kathleen Williamson and Tom. They're going to be uh, kind of spearheading that for us. Uh, and be reminded that December 2nd, the first Sunday of December, begins Advent and stewardship season. And then again on December 13, the Christmas carol sing. And of course, December 24 uh, is a Monday night this year. So it's Sunday morning on the 23rd. Christmas Eve on the 24th for Christmas on the 25th, when you all celebrate my birthday. Okay, any other announcements? I didn't make the bulletin. Okay, and before we go to prayer, I want to make sure that everyone is invited to join us after the service for delicious refreshments, coffee and drinks, and fellowship in the Bellhauer Parlor, which is simply a little bit of a walk uh, across to the other building. We invite you to come and join us. Yes. Yeah, I know that. We're, we're going to get into to the prayer. Okay, hang on. Um, as we come to the prayers of God's people, there are several things I want to make you mindful of. Um, Steve was in the hospital with what we thought, or what his family thought, or the doctors thought it was a blood clot. Uh, I think, as far as I know, he's home today, but... We're not sure about that. We, I didn't get a phone call confirming that. So until I do, I'm going to assume he's probably in, still under medical care. Um, Marie is not with us this morning because she's under the weather a little bit. Um, also, John uh, Wynant came back from Florida uh, sick with the flu. Uh, so it's getting to be that time of year, okay? Number one, either wear gloves or get the hand, or get the, um, what do you call it, doc? Uh, Sanitizer, hand sanitizer, okay? Um, uh, for when you shake hands, when you be mindful of the germs at this season of the year, please, okay? Uh, mindful of the fact that uh, it's a busy time of year. We try to we kind of wear down our, uh, our immunological system, and so take the extra vitamin C or whatever else gets your system up and going again and make sure you protect yourself, okay? It is our privilege. It is our Blessed privilege to come before you, our Lord and King, to bring to you all those who are on our hearts and minds this morning. We have raised all of these many concerns and ask, O oh Lord, that in each case you would pour out your blessings and the riches of your glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We are mindful, Lord, especially today of all those not only who have suffered the loss of family and property and life and well-being in the storms of the past month, uh, here in New Jersey and New York and Connecticut and other areas along the coast, 
but also those men and women who continue to serve their needs and provide them with whatever is available uh, to give, food, clothing, shelter, medical care. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the men and women who continue to do that on a daily basis while we go about our lives. We thank you for the opportunity that we have had as a congregation to help those who were affected by the storm and ask that you would be with those who continue to do so on a daily basis. Protect them, strengthen them, and keep them strong. Father, we thank you also this morning for your healing powers. And we ask, Lord, that uh, in all those situations that we have prayed for this morning, your healing power would bring uh, wholeness of health again to those who are affected. We thank you, Lord for your promises that your mercies and your grace are new to us each morning. And for all of the things that weigh us down as well with our daily lives, we ask, O oh Lord, that you can strengthen and continue to uphold us, each and every one of us, in our walk, in this journey of faith. We pray this morning for those who struggle in different ways within our culture, we pray for single mothers and fathers with children, that you would be with them and strengthen them and comfort them and provide their needs. We pray for those who are incarcerated and their families. We pray that you would provide for them and bring them strength and renewal of life and purpose. We pray for all of our military, uh, young men and women around the world, uh, even in colleges and on campuses, preparing for uh, involvement around the world in, on behalf of our country. We pray for them and for their families that you would uphold them and strengthen them and protect them. Oh Lord, we thank you and praise you for uh, the peace that we enjoy on our streets and in our families and communities. And we pray for areas of the world like the Middle East and many others where lives are being lost on a daily basis, that even today, while we are worshiping, there are hundreds of people who will lose their lives simply because they profess you as Lord and Savior. Mindful of this, O oh Lord, we ask for the grace and the courage and the strength to stand for, who we, for whom we belong, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, our Savior, our friend, our King our Lord, our beloved. We pray all these things because he taught us to pray, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and sing hymn number 155, Rejoice, the Lord is King.
fact that Jesus Christ is king does not mean that we don't have difficult times. And I would like to remind you that keeping a right perspective is an important part of being kingdom people. In my first parish, there was a German-Russian who loved to tell the story of the settler in North Dakota who went through the first terrible winters of the 1888 and said to his friends, I, I really despise living in North Dakota. And the following year came to the same place, same service, and the new boundaries were drawn by the Congress of 1889, which now made where he lived South Dakota. And he declared to everyone, thank God I don't ever have to go through another North Dakota winter. <laughs> Perspective. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with us now and always until Christ returns and then forever and all God's people said.